All right, if I'm reading that correctly, that says Apogee. Uh, that is the point in the orbit of the moon, uh, which it is furthest from the Earth. No, that's applause. Greg, the sign, please. Greg, thank you. Thank you, Greg. Love it. Thank you. All right, everybody, here we go. Now, remember, you are all a big part of Weiwo TV, so the better you are, the better BJ is. All right, you see that nice lady over there? She's giving me a sign, and that sign says we are on in 10 seconds. Okay, get ready to go and have a good time. Joining BJ on the show today, we've got Philip Lindsay. All right, here we go. This is exciting. All right, everyone, quiet on set, please. In five, four, three, two. Yeah, so why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and, um, and your wonderful work in the world of wrestling? I, um write for a few sites. I write for uh, Bleacher Report, Daily DDT, um, probably some other sites I'm forgetting. <laughs> um, and um, I do a podcast every week with uh, Righteous White, Reg, Will Washington on Fightful's YouTube called Grabs It. Very cool. How'd you, how'd you get into that? Like, what was, let me, t- let's go back like, a little further. When did you decide that you were a wrestling fan? I became a wrestling fan Sometime when I was a kid, I think it was around, had to be around 10 or 11. And, you know, I I always say I discovered wrestling through the magazines. Um, I had a friend that was a big Undertaker fan. And he had, like, he used to bring the magazines to school. And that's how I, I learned about wrestling. I'm like, what is that? Like, who, like, because that was my first real memory was wrestling is the WWE magazine with Undertaker on the front with Paul Bear and the urn and, like, old Undertaker with purple gloves and the tie. And that was like my first like real like view of wrestling, and I started watching it from then. Nice. And so, when did you decide? When did you decide you were like, I'm gonna write about this? Like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna pursue almost like, like a career in just West wrestling journalism. I don't know. That kind of happened. <laughs> it just kind of happened because um, um, I was in corporate for a long time. I used to work at an investment bank. Okay. It was just like one of those things. Uh, even if you go further back than that, I went to um, I went to an art school. So I was in investment banking for a long time, and I just got up one day and I was like, "Why am I here?" And I just left. <laughs> I just kind of quit. It was just one of those things where I was there for about nine years, and I just decided, "No, I just don't want to do this anymore. It's uh, not making me happy." And so, you know, I left and I started doing some other part-time gigs and just you know, trying some other things. And, um, you know, at the same time, I had started my own personal blog and that was the only writing I was doing. And I I had taken a few writing classes around that same year when I quit just because, you know, I just wanted another, you know, outlet to express myself. And so I was just doing a blog. And so one day I came across something uh, to write for a wrestling website. And I was like, ah, I write. I like wrestling. But let me try it. And so that kind of turned into this. Um, and yeah, I never expected it to go from that uh, three years later to me being a bleacher. Right. Player. Yeah. What's what is that like now? What is it like to be a wrestling journalist? Like it's 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 a crazy industry. So, you know, I'm always fascinated by the people who come in and are actual journalists and like are doing the work the way that you do. So I'm just fascinated to learn a bit more about that. Yeah. It's, it's weird. I personally wouldn't consider myself a journalist because it's like, you know, you've got, you've got the Sean Rosses of the world who break news. You've got the melters of the world who are like 
been around for years and have like historic knowledge and encyclopedic knowledge and stuff. And they also break news. I don't really break news. I kind of just give my opinion and I would call myself a columnist more than anything at this point. Cause um, at least at one point I used to do a lot of um, writing up short news um, articles that like kind of aggregator sites, but I don't even really do that anymore. So <laughs> it's kind of like, I'm just like a journalist, but I mean, I mean a columnist, but at the same time, it's like, being at Bleach Report is a pretty big outlet. And so sometimes uh, when people reach out to me for certain things, I'm like, why are you reaching out to me? <laughs> like, I'm, I don't know. I'm just some guy sometimes. Uh, uh, but it is, it is a crazy industry because it's one of those things where, how do I put this? Uh, <laughs> there's so many, there's so many people in this thing that I feel like are doing great work, but then you have so many other people that are kind of over here that are still doing, you know, what is considered dirt sheet writing. And it's like, you've got so many people that are doing good things that should be taken seriously. And then you have other people that are doing things that are like, I don't know, like still doing like the rumor mill stuff. Um, So it's kind of hard to be, I, I think it's kind of hard to navigate that. It's hard to be taken seriously, especially in my point of view, because I'm like, oh, I'm just giving my opinion in, in, in a weekly column here and there. Um, so I don't I don't have anything to do with either side of that. I'm not a scoopster. I'm not trying to break news. I'm not trying to either put anybody's dirty laundry out there either. It's just like, I'm just giving my opinion on wrestling. That's, That's a solid opinion. Like, it's well, you are, for wrestling, one of my must-follows. And so... Uh, tell me a little bit about becoming a columnist and, and giving giving your opinion on the internet for a living, essentially. <laughs> like what uh, you know, we all know it could be like a mixed bag, but just in terms of write, creating content for that that wrestling fan, what is what goes through your mind as you as you put together a new piece? Like, is there a, a thought process involved? Are you like, all right, this is the thing from Raw that I want to talk about or from AEW, or just walk me through that. It's just picking um, subjects and topics that I think are interesting and I have something to say because, you know, I'm sure, you know, as a writer, you know, if somebody gives you an assignment or you can you can do it, you can, you know, do the work. But I think a lot of times when I try to pick something, I try to pick something where I know I have something to say. It's not just, you know, ah, well, you know, this happened. Let me recap this for most of the article and then give like some analysis at the end, like. After a while, you're going to get burnt out doing that. Um, and so, um, yeah, it's uh, it's usually just me trying to take a stance that I believe in and going with it. And sometimes um, <laughs> that could be very unpopular. Sometimes it's not. Um, but that's also a part of being a writer um, in the digital space because, you know, when you write, it's always that somebody that's going to be somewhere that disagrees with it. Hey, it's me, God. I know it's been a while, and I haven't been the best dad, especially this century. Well, I was going through some shit, and you know what? I'm not going to talk about it. All you need to know is that I'm doing commercials now. I've got bills to pay, too. Do you have any idea how much I just lost on crypto? A lot. A lot. And so now God needs your money. Like, for real this time. Not like all those other times every Sunday. You know who else needs your money? 
B.J. Mendelson. So give them $5 by visiting buymeacoffee.com slash B.J. Mendelson. That website again is buymeacoffee.com slash B.J. Mendelson. Buymeacoffee.com slash B.J. Mendelson. And if you don't give B.J. your money, you and I are going to have problems. Big ones. Commercials suck. And hopefully one day we won't need them. But until that day comes, we have bills to pay, brother. What the fuck is this copy? I, I don't know, man. BJ wrote it, and I think he was high when he did it. How do you know he was high? I just, I read through it, and I just have a, I don't know, man, just read it. <laughs> what kind of bills do we have to pay? Well, for starters, you wouldn't believe how much it costs to feed a super intelligent ape who wants to kill Superman? Yes. At first, he said he would pay BJ rent, but then some asshole told the ape about squatters', squatters rights. rights. Yep. And he's a supervillain, you know, so he stopped paying rent. And now we all kind of work for him. He's a terrible boss. One time, he was eating some guy's face and just left the rest of him in the middle of the floor. I guess it's better than working at Amazon, though. Anyway, the apes got this cool ass setup in the basement of BJ's mom's house. You should see it. There's this kick ass pool down there. I have no idea how you get a huge pool in the basement of a small house, but he found a way. Separate lines, he found a way. Now, if only the ape could remember to take out the garbage in his office before he leaves for the weekend, everyone else does it. That includes Stephen Wheat, who works in accounting and shits out of his mouth? <laughs> anyway, that's what's going on here in Harriman, New York, home home of the... Yeah, man, I'm pretty sure he was high, but let's just get back to it. <laughs> now, let's get back to the show. Has there been anything that surprised you in all this time writing about wrestling? Has there been something where you're like, nah, no one's going to react to that opinion. And then people are like, oh, no, no, we really want to talk about that. I would say the first time I really wrote about race, I think, in a in a very uh, different way in wrestling, I was surprised how well people responded to it. Um, because, you know, Sometimes you write about race and people are just like, ah, why do you guys have to make everything about race? And sometimes people are like, oh, I kind of see your point. But I was surprised um, how much people were interested in the article. And I feel like that article kind of took off. And it was one of the first articles I wrote that, um, you know, got picked up by other outlets. So I was like, oh, people are interested. And I was like, OK, well, let me write about this. I have other things. <laughs> So yeah, it was that was a that was a surprising experience for me. Let me ask you real quick uh, before we get into our our standard set of questions. What is there? If you had to pick, I'm going to put you on the spot. If you had to pick, like your favorite women's wrestler, favorite uh, male wrestler, who would they be? Current favorite, current favorite, because I know like yeah, you know, it always changes. But current favorite, current favorite women's wrestler, I would say is Asuka. Okay. Uh, favorite male wrestler man it's tough <laughs> um there's so many wrestlers uh i'm gonna go with uh i'm gonna go with brian Danielson. good choice yeah I'm, I'm glad to see him back and uh tell all right so now you know this part of the interview is more focused on your creative process and why you do what you do and i think we touched on it a little bit but for people that are only listening to like this segment of the show 
Can you tell us what are you working on? So you're at Bleacher Report, but like what can you walk us through what that looks like each week? Each week it is essentially just like um either I go in and I, I pick a pick a pitch from my editor, um and you know, I kind of work on that for the rest of the week. Or, you know, I'll pitch something to my editor. Uh, the last few things I, I picked up either I got, I just picked up a pitch from an editor or somebody pitched something else and I ended up taking it. So that's usually how it goes. Is there, so when you're watching wrestling, are you, do you have like a notepad at all? Are you writing on your phone, are you texting on your phone like notes for different ideas? Or how do you, how do you source for a pitch that you're making? Like, how do you source that material? I haven't actually done that in a long time, <laughs> funny enough, because um, when I first started, I used to try to watch everything, um, which is not fun. <laughs> uh, it, it, and I mean, at first it was kind of, but it stopped being fun. It got less and less fun trying to keep up with everything. Um, and so I think at, at one point I used to watch, um, I used to watch every WWE product and I used to try and keep up with, you know, impact AEW, whatever else I was watching during the week, um, try and catch a little bit of, um, MLW or something. And then, you know, catch new Japan stuff when it comes on. And I would try to watch it within mine. Oh, I want to write about that. And I just don't do that anymore. I try to just watch for enjoyment. And then afterwards, if I have something I'm really, really interested in, then I'll pitch that. Yeah, I found like it's it's hard to turn that switch off, and it sounds like you've been able to do it, which is kind of cool. Like because it's work, but you're also watching it for fun still. And it sounds like you've got that yeah. separation. Yeah, I mean sometimes, <laughs> <Right>. uh, <Yeah. laughs> sometimes um, I do think it's more helpful because at one point I was live streaming for streaming for or live tweeting for um, a website, and so. That was also, I had to watch everything and then I would be tweeting by either my opinions or trying to tweet something during, during a time. And then also trying to watch for stuff that I might be interested in. And it just turned into a lot. And I think it, it wasn't so much that I was like, oh man, I have to shut this thing off. It just felt like I was getting burnt out, especially right when AEW premiered. And it was like, both shows were on Wednesdays. Trying to keep up with both shows on Wednesday at the same time was just nuts. Is there... Is there a particular tool that you've used in your in your writing career that that you found has helped you be able to because you put out a lot of content like you've got these stellar tweets and you've got the, all the different columns and then you've got the podcast is there anything that you use that to help you like keep these things organized Um no um every now and then every now and then if it's something like I want to write and I, I'm having problems like really organizing everything I kind of go to the old um, writing out outlines and stuff for myself. But other than that, no. Now, you mentioned that transition from being an investment banker to now like wrestling columnist. But tell us a little bit about like why why you do what you do. Like I'm always fascinated though, like what what is it that drives you and gets you up in the morning and like, all right, let's do that. Let's let's put out these columns. Man, like I said earlier, uh, at one point um I wrote about race and I'm like, all right, that's missing in this in this space. And I started getting to more and more places where I was the only black person there. And I'm like, all right, I'm here for a reason. Nobody else writing here looks like me. Nobody else here has the same voice as I do or she has the same experiences or, you know, the same wants from wrestling that I want. And so um, I try to approach a lot of things I write 
from that perspective. Um, because there's somebody somewhere that looks like me and they're like, all right, I don't see anybody else that's giving their opinions in wrestling. So um, sometimes even not just writing, but with our podcast, because when we first started our podcast, I, I stayed away for a long time from having a regular podcast. Like I was a guest on tons of podcasts, more podcasts than I can name, but I stayed away from having my own podcast. And um, that was for, for a few reasons. I just feel like sometimes um, when you podcast, you know, people will take clips out of it and, you know, try and make you look stupid or, you know, people are just very, I don't know, people are weird. But, you know, when it was pitched to me as a friend and it's pitched to me as three black guys and we're going to an outlet and doing this and I'm like, I don't see anybody else doing this. So, yeah, let's do it. And so I think that's what drives me to keep doing this is that, you know, we need to see more um, black people in this space. And that's not just black men, it's black women. And that's, you know, black queer individuals, whoever else. Um, you know, I would like to see more outlets hire more black people. Absolutely agreed with you. So speaking of speaking of that, so do you see it as let's let's start like taking the long view of your career. How do you how do you want to look back at this as like what what you've left behind? I would like to hope that I impacted the space in a good way, whether that be in, in inspiring other uh, Black creators to know that they could be at big outlets. I like to hope that I helped Black wrestlers get, you know, gain more exposure because I try to do that as much as possible. I mean, other than that, I don't know because yeah, when, when, it's hard to it's hard to look at it from oh man, I want to be like this famous wrestling writer. I don't want to do any of that. that that's that's neither here nor there for me. <laughs> is there is there a particular wrestler that you think does not get the attention that they deserve that you would want to highlight? Man, there's so many black indie wrestlers that don't. Um, and I mean, that's slowly changing. But even when you talk at, about wrestlers at big companies, sometimes I feel like there are good black wrestlers that kind of slide between the cracks. Like they've been there around for so long and people know who they are, but do people really know how good they are? Like I say all the time, like Naomi is amazing. And I feel like people just act like, oh, well, she's been there since the diva there. She's just like, she's just kind of there. And like, every time she has a really good match, people act like surprised, surprised that she's that's good. But I'm like, no, she's always been good. She's, she's fantastic. Deserving of a WrestleMania main event. Um, I'm hoping I'll see in my lifetime. Uh, <laughs> keeping my fingers crossed for her for that. Tell us, tell me about, so you mentioned the podcast, but tell us the name of the show, where we can find it, how we can listen. Where can we find you? Grapsity. We, uh, we are on Fightful's YouTube channel every Saturday at noon Eastern. And that's uh, me, with Washington and Righteous Reg. Um, you can find me on Twitter at PhilDL616. Cool. And so my last question for you will be, if you had to give someone a shout out, that is creating good work that maybe doesn't get the attention. I mean, we mentioned Naomi, but like within, um, within your, I guess, network, let's say, is there anyone that you think deserves a shout out? I would say uh, my man, Andrew Thompson at uh, post. I think he's great. He's one of the best interviewers out there to me. Um, and I'm just, sometimes I'm surprised that some people don't know who he is. Uh, but yeah, I would say Andrew Thompson. That's all the questions I have. Thank you, man. Thanks for having me. Oh, this was great. Thank you so much. You know, I'm pretty I'm pretty upset that the Mets are good now. Why is that? Because now we can't experience things like when they had a 97-year-old pitching coach. 
You mean Phil Regan? Yeah, th- that guy who played for the Brooklyn Dodgers. That team hasn't even existed for 65 years. Like, do you understand how close we all came to having this super old guy coaching the Mets? Do you understand the kind of comedy gold that could have been, like right now when we need laughter the most? He probably wouldn't even remember who was on the team. Regan would be in the dugout chewing tobacco and saying shit like, send in Willie Mays. And then one of the guys on the bench would be like, coach, Willie Mays is dead. And then Regan would be like, the hell he is, get him in there. I don't think Willie Mays is dead. He's not. And I hope Willie Mays lives forever, I really do. But Willie Mays also hasn't played for the Mets since 1973. Anyway, I just want people to understand the potential joy that we're all deprived of now that the Mets are good. Hmm. Well, that's all for this week. If you enjoyed this episode of Weiwo.tv, you know what you need to do. Rate us and leave us a review wherever your favorite podcast can be found. That'll help people find this show and hopefully enjoy it as much as you did. You did enjoy the show, right? We're going to assume you did, because you made it to the outro. Most people don't. Be sure to follow BJ on Instagram at BJ Mendelson and tell him who you'd like to see interviewed next. You can also text your suggestions to BJ at 646-331-8341. But don't call that number. BJ says he's only going to answer if you're Melissa O'Neill from ABC's The Rookie. Also, only if you're going to ask him out on a date. We'll see you next time. Right?